Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I only have one question. Do you think I deserve your full attention? That's what I like to hear. Hello and welcome to Script to Screen. I'm your host Gideon and joining me here in the basement of my quarantined house is Kieran. Hello there. And Adam. Hello. My brother and father respectively because I can't talk to anyone else since we're in the basement of my quarantined house. And today we're going to be doing a bonus podcast episode on Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So I suppose the plan here is we're going to be doing all uh, eight Harry Potter movies, uh, two uh, Harry Potter movies per episode, so a total of four Harry Potter episodes during these quarantine times. we don't really know how long this is actually going to last for, so we might be moving on to other movies at some point, but that's the plan for now. So let's get it started with Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, also known as Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone in other areas of the world. So what do you guys think about this movie? Um, well, um, I think that uh, this movie does... Uh a good job with world building. It's of course the first movie of the series. Um, it's got a pretty big world to build. Yeah, and I think it does a decent job. But part of that's also um, J.K. Rowling and how she, the source material. Yeah, the source material. But the the world is just fun to be in, and the characters are fun <clears throat> to be with, and uh, yeah, so. That's one of my takeaways. I just, I just thought that um, it does a great job of bringing you in. It draws you in. It creates this sense of awe and wonder, which, which, um, which is really kind of that's the the sense that the characters are having as they go as they move through the story. Yeah. But also the intent of the author was to create this sense of awe and wonder at this world that is completely different from what you might be used to but it's a it's a sense that each one of us is is intrinsically or naturally drawn to it's it's just something that we were uh designed to desire and 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 look for in life yeah well and and the thing is it's a it's a completely different world but at the same time uh there's a lot of still very human truths that are happening inside of that world. I think that right. I think that happens more later on. Like they get to some like serious like basically the later movies are basically about fascism, uh, <laughs> to a certain extent. But like these ones, these early ones are a lot. They're basically like kids movies. They're like mystery movies that are kids movies. Like those, it's basically those two genres mashed together with magic also happening yeah and so these first two more more so the first one uh which is the one we're talking about uh has a lot of work to do in terms of world building because it has to build up the world and it has a lot of rules that it has to explain uh but it does a good job of, of weaving those rules into this the pretty simple story that they're telling so like you get exposition from hagrid on what a muggle is mm-hmm. and you get understanding from I don't know from 
where they are about what a broom is and why they have to play Quidditch and what the what they're doing at school and what and who the bad guy is, which is Voldemort, who will come back later more, obviously. But uh, I think watching this through Harry's eyes, and so basically we're put into his shoes, and he is basically living in a muggle household, so people who are not magical. And so he has to kind of explore the world just as we are exploring the world so we're, we're viewing it through his eyes because he's coming from the a similar perspective that we are at the start of this first movie um and i think uh, one thing that also both benefits and uh is a detriment to that world building is the the visual effects in this film which was made in 2001 so the visual effects hold up in the areas that you'd expect them to for 2001 and they fall apart in other areas so like in 2001 things that are real so like when you've got the <coughs> troll in the dungeon and he's got slime and snot dripping out of his face and dripping onto ron and stuff and like that's real elements that are interacting with the actual actors uh or like the the, the three-headed dog that they run into in in the trap door uh, he, his, the slime from him falls on Ron's head. So you've got real elements interacting with the actors, which makes the the thing feel very real and is very effective in that in that regard. But the things themselves are not real. So those are completely animated, and they just look really, really so bad. So are you able to look at it through 2001 eyes? I don't know. I Understanding that you were only born two years before that, but... But I mean, you look at Star Wars, though, which was made in 1977, and all that stuff, they, they do something there that's different, is that they do the same thing. They have real elements involved with their visual effects, but right. Star Wars looks better, even though it was made almost 30 years earlier, and that's, I think that's because... So, was it, is it because the movies, the other movies that were made in 2001, are they... Um, in, in other words, is it because all of the techniques that everybody wanted to use in 2001, they looked great at the time and did just didn't stand up for 20 years later? Or I mean, that it, might they be They actually true, didn't like, really look great at the time. The, I don't know because I wasn't. I didn't watch this in 2001. But I'm. But Star Wars looks great yeah, because because like you look at the at the and the lightsabers and the ships and the creatures. They're all basically like animated things in miniatures so they're miniatures that they take and then blow them up to look like they're bigger than they actually are whereas here they're just shooting in a seems like mostly real sets which is cool but it's just a problem with that is that when you try to animate something in a larger set it just ends up looking the proportions and everything and lighting just never ends up working out great right and that's also probably why the prequels also don't look as good as the original Star Wars because they tried to do animation more instead of using the uh, the actual figurines. Yeah, and the the miniatures. Yeah, the, yeah. And they and it's all entirely CG and it just looks not great. But the the one thing that does look a lot better is that the the cloak. The invisibility cloak. At least the mm. first time that they show it, when he like wraps it around his head, you know, and it's and it's just his head floating in midair. I mean, that's a pretty simple trick. You just got to get a clean plate, and then 
you know, put his thing around it, and then there's his head. It's not it's simple. It's a very simple thing to do with computer graphics. Uh, but it, it does look kind of cool, and it fits with the story, too, because it's it's the cloak, and it's an integral part of what they're trying to uh, achieve. Yeah, but I, think, I would say it looks really good. Yeah. But I think Kieran uh, has a bigger problem with this movie, uh, with the costume design. Yes. Okay, I don't even know. I don't even know why this... It hit me so hard. But, like... They always wear sweaters. Whenever, like, they're, not, whenever they're not wearing Whenever robes. they're not wearing their, their regular cloaks or whatever, they wear sweaters. And I'm like, why do they keep wearing sweaters? Have you ever lived in a castle? They they wear more sweaters well, than, the pe- than the characters of Knives Out do. It's crazy. I think people who live in castles just wear sweaters all the time. I don't understand. Because castles are cold. Because it's cold they're and dank, dark. Yeah. They're drafty. And those fireplaces just do not do the trick. And one time, Ron did, Ron did wear a flannel, and and I was kind of relieved because it was something other than a, a sweater. But yeah, Ron, Ron Weasley, fashion icon. F- yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, it was all they could afford back there, you know, in yeah. the Weasley family. <laughs> back in the Weasley family. That does does poorness lead to uh, does uh, fashion? Having to having to work with what you got can that yes. lead to I can we lead so. to a really good fashion not not fashion style style yes I don't know what I'm talking about or resourcefulness I should shut up before I sound yeah. more ignorant resourcefulness than and style yes you can have a good sense of style without having a lot of money yeah the the one thing about this movie that is <laughs> is very faithful to the source material in a lot of ways um, I think that can be both beneficial to it and detrimental to it uh one thing that it's it's it, t- it takes a long time to get where it's going as a result of that because uh, it tries to include every little thing yep um but the one thing that it can't really do is the foreshadowing as well i mean it's there like with uh professor quirrell being the bad guy at the end yep like like it's the foreshadowing is there like with him and the scar and him standing right next to Snape as Snape is cursing his he thinks Snape is cursing Harry when he's on the broomstick during the Quidditch match and at the beginning when uh, Harry reaches his hand out to yeah Quirrell's hand and, he, and Quirrell like, doesn't, doesn't check yeah. it uh, so the foreshadowing is there in the movie but I don't think it, that it's as effective as it is in the book because I think Rowling basically when she's writing the source material includes these little snippets these little details in in prose that isn't really able to be communicated visually um it's mm. it's it's like little things that harry notices along the way and then misconstrues them that's a thing that happens all the time in harry potter is harry notices something uh and then immediately identifies it as something that it's very obviously not like he thinks snape is the bad guy the very first second he meets yeah. him and so then after that point every single thing that leads to this mystery of of quirrell being the bad guy is he attribute he attributes to snape uh in, in falsely and then same thing happens in the in the second movie with uh uh the Ginny being the the person with the diary and mm-hmm. and Lockhart being a moron and the like and Tom Riddle being the actual bad guy, like there's a lot of clues that are laid throughout there and and Harry just misunderstands them every single time. Yeah, what's one thing that he misunderstands in the second? Well, we probably should say we'll say it. Let's say yeah, let's let's, next, let's save it for the next uh, little segment. Next section. Uh, but let's hit into scores for for the first Harry Potter movie. Uh, first impression. What do you got overall, Kieran? 
score out of 10? Uh, is first impression what I just watched or the first time I ever watched it or the first time I heard the like books? The score that you would give it after watching it. After watching it this time. Just this time, yeah. Um, probably I would give it a 7. A 7. Yeah, I'm, I'm right at a 7 also. This is a solid movie, and a 7 I feel like is a decent score for me, actually. Um... It uh, I think the second one drags more than this one does. I mean, not to give away my opinion, but the, the second, second one one's drags two a hours and forty five minutes two hour, long. Yeah, it's, it's way too long. Uh, but this one I feel like is effective at because it has a it has a lot more to do than the second one. The second one feels like it's it's accomplishing the same thing as the first one, which is just like this basic world building uh, and a basic story. Whereas whereas the first one needs to accomplish that world building. The first the second one doesn't doesn't jump off of it. It seems to to stay in in that in that world building mode when it doesn't need to uh and it's also difficult because we already know the world so well from reading the books and everything so it's more like watching uh it play out on screen rather than discovering it on screen for the first time uh but overall i still think it's a it's a very entertaining movie it, it works on multiple levels like i said as a mystery it's very fascinating as a as a piece of world building it's probably one of the best ever just because of how unique the world that jk rowling already created was um, and Harry, and like you said before, Rekirin, uh, Harry and Ron and Hermione are just really interesting characters. Uh, so I am giving this a seven as well. All right. Uh, story. What do you got? Um, story for me, I think, um, we're not, we don't do halves, correct? No, you can't do halves. Okay. No halvesies. Holesies. <laughs> Story, um, I'd give it a, I'd give it an eight. Um, I think I'd give it an eight because um, there's so much there with what J.K. Rowling did, but I feel like with uh, as it gets translated to a movie, there's a lot that I I felt personally got left out that uh, I liked from the books, but um, eight is an appropriate score in my view. Yeah, I think this is also probably a seven for me. I think, uh, as far as storytelling on film goes, like you've got the book has a great story, and it it's probably one of it's the it's this issue again of of store of world building versus adventure. Which one do you enjoy more? And I enjoy the adventure of the later films better than this one. Uh, and and those later films also include mystery elements to them, uh, but this one doesn't seem to have this like going out and ex it doesn't have the excitement that the other ones uh, do for me. So I think this is only a seven, and, and like the, I think this, the book probably has close to an eight compared. And this again, I think feel like for me scores are very comparative. So you look at uh, Harry Potter compared to the other books I've read, and it probably the first one probably is an eight out of ten. Uh, but you look at the Philosopher's Stone as a movie. And I would say it's probably a 7 out of 10 compared to all the other movies I've seen. Uh, so, yeah, 7 for story for me. Acting, what do you got? Um, acting, I... For, for chi uh, child actors, they count as child actors, right? Yes, they I definitely count as child actors. Yeah, for child actors, I think it's, it's, pre it's pretty good. Um... There's some flaws there, but I think I can't be a a, a wizard. What? <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple line deliveries that are just really bad. Yeah. Um. So, uh, for story, 
Um, probably a seven. I mean, acting. Act. Yeah, that's what I meant. Acting. Uh, seven for acting. Um, just middle. Seven seems like a middle, middle of the, middle of the line for me. You know, and yeah. Uh, this is probably a six for me. I'm gonna say six because. Like I said, there's a couple of really bad line deliveries. I don't, I don't like this Dumbledore as much. Mm, I like, yeah. I like uh, Michael Gambon as as Dumbledore way more than uh, what's this guy's name? I forget. Uh, but he's not as good. The ch- kids, obviously, I think the kids get way better as we go along. They're not. Well, they're, they also grow older. They well, right? They grow and they older get used to the get, world right. that they're and they're acting in. But like here, it's just they're kind of very green you can tell they don't exactly know what they're doing um we watched at the beginning of the movie the uh when professor mcgonagall is reading out the 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 house names and she gets to slytherin and the reaction between malfoy and uh crab and goyle is it's oh yeah the it's, most hilarious it's thing so funny like it's just he the, does like a like a wide-eyed expression. Like a, uh, I was like, "What? I want to get into that one." Yeah, he's it's like it's like so obvious what he's <laughs> going for. It's not to the point like it's not clear. It's just he's like he's like, <clears throat> yeah, and he like nods like this like super yeah yeah yeah. He's like yeah, Slytherin, like, rock on Slytherin. Just like in a kids movie. Yeah, just like it's in just a kids like in a kids movie. exactly. Uh, but right, so it it does kind of fit within what they're trying to go for, uh, but it's. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. It's a six. Uh, I mean, the one positive is Alan Rickman as Professor Snape, who will never do anything wrong. Like, he is on point. He didn't do anything wrong. Didn't. Well, I don't know. Shut up. I mean, it's true. Yeah, I mean, he... (laughs) (laughs) Was that mean to say? Yeah, you're mean. Stop being mean to me. Why do you always bully me? Whenever we're on a podcast, you always bully me. No. Just like in real life. Podcast bully. Yes, sir. (coughs) Yeah, but the the acting is not is not the best from this one. It'll and again, that's something that's gonna get better as the series goes on and the series itself as a film series uh ident uh starts to develop its own identity. Um, look and feel. How about you go first? Uh, look and look and feel in this one is is really solid. I mean, John Williams' score, first of all, is like god tier. It's per- it's <laughs> it's almost perfect. It's I, so great. I feel like that the score is actually a, a huge. It it really gives you that um, the thing I talked about earlier, the sense of awe and wonder that like you it's see straight up magic. It it really it speaks right right to your heart. Oh, first of all, did we explain why? Uh, Adam is not uh, giving scores with us. Oh yeah, he's not. He didn't watch the yeah, first movie. He didn't watch the first movie. I, with I us. have seen it. Just not he has last seen night. it. Just he just didn't watch it with us uh, recently. My scores would be not fresh, outdated, yeah. outdated, which is not okay. Just not allowed. Uh, we don't allow it here on Script to Screen. Only um, the best. You only, you have to watch the movie from start to finish. Yep. To be allowed to give your scores. Um, but. John Williams score. Uh, another thing we talked about the visual effects a little bit already, which are a little bit, which might be detrimental towards this uh, this part of the this category. 
but the filmmaking that's going on here as far as like the way the camera moves i i really was digging the the establishing shots where they start on like an object that's in the castle and then sort of like dolly not dolly they they truck to the left and kind of dolly <laughs> forward after that you know got to get the terminology right yes. Um, but it's just a really effective way to, and then they have the they have the characters' uh, dialogue going over top of that at the same time. But it's a very effective way to to give the castle character uh, and not just be a, a typical kind of establishing shot. That just them walking immediately, and it's it's something that I really enjoy. It it feels like something that Spielberg would do. Honestly, this is uh, Chris Columbus, who probably known for Home Alone primarily, uh, that directed this. Is he known for being? Almost Spielberg. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, but uh, the okay, it's okay. But uh, the things, just there's some things that he does in this movie, Columbus, that feel like something that's a choice that Spielberg would make, which is a lot of the reason why this movie feels the way it does, the way it looks, the way it does, and the way you, the reason why you get a lot of that sense of wonder. I mean, maybe I'm attributing too much to Spielberg, but. Uh, it does feel in a lot of ways like a Spielberg movie. I think I could agree. So, look and feel, I'm going to give this an 8. Um, would you give me a recap on what this all includes? Is it just... Um, I don't know, would it include the visual effects? Yeah, visual effects are part of this, so it's like the way that, like what you see and the way that what you see makes you feel. Isn't that effect, though? No, effect is like a different kind of feel. Okay, look and feel is like the aesthetic of the film. All right, um, for the aesthetic of the film, um, I think that I would uh, lean towards an eight for this. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. And um, I don't know, like I, I think I said this previously, but just the the world that it builds is that that's included correct so like yeah i mean the yeah and like and like the castle grounds and when they enter the forest yeah like set design is totally yeah, a part of this that's sort of what i'm what i mean and also um production design set design also diagon uh diagon diagonally that's also looks great yeah yeah that's also awesome so eight is in uh appropriate score for my um liking for look and feel for look and feel yes uh sounds good on to effect effect so overall so this is how what it, made you like think what like made, what made you think it's so like thought provoking thought provoking and uh, uh, emotional, emotional reaction, reaction. um etc yeah um yeah i mean i think a lot of this movie is like we're experiencing it with him but like i think a lot of it's just like going along for the ride there's not much thought provoke provotion provoke <laughs> thought provo yes say that again there's no say that again thought provoking going on there's no thought thought provocation is that how you would say I've that i've heard it both ways yeah something like that okay yeah um yeah so i feel like it's provocation just provocation of thought i don't know we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're just going along for the ride and so for uh effect like i mean like i didn't yeah uh for effect i'd give it a six like like when harry 
uh, defeats uh, Voldemort. Yeah, you're the, like, I don't really the, care. Well, it doesn't mean much yeah, to me. It's like, yay. Yeah, good for him, but like, I'm not emotionally invested in, yeah. in this. In this uh, at this point. At this point, yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you on this. It's like the the primary th things that you're feeling is is discovering the world and 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 understanding what's going on. Uh, as far as emotional connection to these characters, uh, you do it. It's establishing your emotional connection with the characters, but it's not utilizing that at this mm -hmm. point. Uh, it's going to use that against you in the future films and kind of say like, "Okay, you're attached to these characters. Now let's see what we can make you feel as a result of that." But that's not really happening here too much. Uh, there's some there's some things where, points where it's trying to pull your heartstrings with like Harry and his parents and stuff like that. Um, I think the the primary idea going on in this movie, uh, as opposed to Chamber of Secrets, is this idea of finding a home uh, mm -hmm. because he's that's I mean that's what he says at the end. He says Hogwarts is my home. I'm not I'm not going home. I'm I'm leaving my home. And then an interesting thing happens where the the train actually goes backwards. It doesn't actually move backwards. It doesn't actually move backwards, but within the language, it uses film language to make it look like it's it's traveling like away from you. So like if something it goes down to the bottom of the frame and out the left, and then Hogwarts is framed in the the upper right hand corner of the of the frame. So it looks like Hogwarts is moving forward, and and the train is moving backwards away from Hogwarts. So like in a in a backwards direction. So it's like he's going away from Hogwarts. He's going away from his home. Which is a really interesting choice, and I and I love to see when uh, it's like it's like in uh, Parasite or, or not Parasite. Parasite's not a good example. Uh, Snowpiercer is a good example of this, where the front of the train is to the right of the frame, and the back of the train is to the left of the frame. So anytime their 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 whole goal in that movie is get to, is to get to the front of the train. So the entire time they're moving to the right. So they're moving forward. So in, in or like in Lord of the Rings, whenever they're moving forward, they're moving to the right. Because it's it communicates this sense of of moving forward. Did I just blow your mind, Kieran? Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that. I'm no, seriously, you I, can't find a, sh a single shot in Lord of the Rings with them moving with them. More, I, I mean, when they're in the traveling scenes and stuff, when they're when they're trekking to Mordor, they're not. You're not going to see them yeah. ever go to the left of the frame because if it did, it would communicate in your head subconsciously, whether you realize it consciously or not. That they're going backwards, which the filmmakers don't want you to think. They want you to realize they're going forward. What about why. on their trek back? Or do they not show that? They don't show yeah, that. Yeah, they, they skip over that in the movie, they're I'm right. pretty sure. Yeah. But in the book, of course, Tolkien tells you about that, and it's all awesome. I would love to see a Lord of the Rings uh, series or something where they actually I thought flesh out every they planning single on thing. That? Yeah, they are doing a Lord of the Rings series, but it's not of the Lord of the Rings. It's... Uh, Pre, it's like the second age, I think. So they can make up their own stories. Is that why, or they're no, going to take things from the Silmarillion? I think they're or? taking things from the Silmarillion. I think they said it was going to be second age, not third age. I mean, that'll still be pretty cool, though, because it's just like these worlds that are created by books and they're fleshed out by movies. I mean, you'd love to see a Harry Potter series too. Right? Yeah, like those are just really cool things like even if there was a harry potter series that wasn't with harry potter and just in the magical world i mean i guess they try to I mean, do that i with think that's a i don't know if that's a good idea or not i mean because like you let you look at fantastic beasts and where yeah, to find them and it's just maybe like not. they done messed up but so yeah so it depends on who's doing it is that what you're saying i think it does i'd like to see a huckleberry finn series 
a Huckleberry Finn series. Yeah, that would mean, be. That's the thing with books, though. Like you, you either have to, if you, if you're doing it to film, you can't put everything in. It just doesn't work. And Huckle, with, with Huckleberry books. Finn doesn't really have a story, does it? I mean, maybe if you made like many, many episodes, I guess. I mean, it's got the thread of them. Yeah. Forward progress again. Forward progress, but like. Right, with many episodic things happening along the way. Yeah. That's, yeah. So maybe it would be better as it, or a really good series. Yeah. So you said six for effect. I said six for effect. All right. I think okay. I'm I'm changing my six in acting to a five, because I think it deserves a five, Can and I'm that? giving effect a six. I think that more accurately represents my feelings towards this movie. Uh, so I think overall, what are our numbers then? I think well, so if like effect. I mean. I kind of already explained that, but I, like it's it makes you feel the sense of wonder, as we've said about a bazillion times by this point. Uh, but it doesn't really accomplish much else, which is not really its job. It's not what it's trying to do. I mean, it it, it does that with with his parents getting killed and stuff, but it does its primary goal and its primary job is to introduce you to this incredibly complex world. Uh, that, you know. Yeah. I agree. All right, so we're checking out the scores. What do we got here? Uh, 69 out of 100. 69 out of 100. So what? You gave it a 33 out of 50. Yep, and you gave it a 36 out of 50. And I gave it a 36 out of 50. That's not better than average. That's worse than average. That's worse than average. All right. That is funny how... You'd think 50 would be average, but it's not with this. It's definitely not. It's interesting, isn't it? That's because you don't watch movies that would score one. Well, well it unless does. it's The Princess Bride. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a if joke. anybody did not get that. I, you have to listen to the podcast. We are to alluding joke. to Gideon's co-host, Max. And Who we, gave Princess Bride a one. But right? we're not speaking ill of him. We're just, we're just giving you the facts. We're just referencing the facts. Uh, yeah, so this would score... Uh, let's see. The, this score is the same as Joker. Uh, one more than Nar- the first Narnia movie, which we gave a 68. Uh, and scored less than The Way Way Back, the, which was at a 676. Not The Way Back, the Ben Affleck movie just, that just came out. The Way Way Back, which came out like seven years ago, which is one of Max's favorite movies. Well, that can be a little confusing, can it? It can be, considering yeah. that... I mean, it doesn't really matter because there's no movies in the theater right now and no one can go to see them. That no is true. See. Although they are releasing them all on digital. I don't think they released The Way Back, though. Wait, like, what kind of movies are there? Like, all the movies that were in the theater, they released them on digital. For real? I think so. Like on what? Like Amazon? Like on Amazon, yeah. That's <laughs> interesting. Like, Amazon did... I saw this new thing, like, this new branding thing from Amazon where they're like, uh, Amazon... Prime cinema. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sure, you go ahead. Okay, buddy. <clears throat> okay, buddy. They just told some graphic artist, hey, could you come up with something for that? <laughs> yeah. Amazon Prime cinema. All right, so let's move on to Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Movie Harry Potter 2. Movie number two. So basically, this one starts with. Harry stuck with his aunt and uncle and horrible cousin again, and uh, he can't get out, and eventually... Too right you are. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> what? That's Harry's uncle. Does he say that? Yeah. Okay. Too right. Too, too, too right. I can't do it. That almost sounds like uh, Bruce the shark from from yeah i know yeah 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 i understand your your impression did but he's australian though isn't he yes that's what his impression sounded like too right yeah right no i wasn't trying to do that anyway i sound more like the turtle almost you know yeah righteous crush righteous righteous no this is terrible we're okay we got to move on before i make more of a fool myself no people like listening to our banter banter yeah. Yeah, but so we're, Harry gets, but we're not smart. Is, we're is stuck stupid. in the house with aunt and uncle. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. And cousin Dudley. Yeah, and so uh, Ron and his brothers, Fred and George, come to rescue him in a flying car. And eventually, it's a Ford Anglia. Yeah. <laughs> and, they don't say that in the movie, but that's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, apparently, I wouldn't know. Why wouldn't you know? Because I'm not a car person. Except they say it in the books. I mean, I drive a car, obviously, but I'm not a car person, if you get what I mean. I gotcha. Ah, ah. Um, continue. Continue. And so basically, Harry and Ron fly the car to Hogwarts because they can't get through the magic door to Platform 9 and 3 quarters because Dobby the house elf. Ah, back at it again. Dude, we're talking, we talked, we told him all the spoilers. Yeah, yeah when was this true. movie made? 2002. Okay. One year after the first one, so. What are the, there's no such thing as spoilers. If you haven't seen or read Harry Potter at this point. What are the time limits You're for probably not listening to a pop culture podcast in the first place. For spoilers. What? What are the time limits for spoilers? Like a year? Two years? Depends on the movie? Depends on the movie. Like if it's something like The Prestige, probably still don't talk about spoilers. Yeah. Even if it's something like made. The Sixth Sense, it probably has been long enough. So like you think maybe twenty years? Yeah, probably. This movie is almost twenty years anyway, but probably not, five years on this but movie. It, right, five years on this because it didn't really have those big what moments. Yeah. Uh, so also f- it's it's it was a big enough sensation at the time that yeah. Whereas the Prestige is something that most some people at this point still even haven't even heard of. <clears throat> so there's a right. plug for the Prestige. If you haven't seen the pl- Prestige, watch it right watch now. Watch it now. Stop this. Stop. Actually, yeah, literally, I don't even care. Yeah. Don't listen to our podcast. Watch The Prestige, because it's definitely better than this. Maybe that's a little far. That like, might be too much, sel- too self-deprecating. <laughs> but but wa- watch it. Watch it, yes. Is um, it on Amazon? No. Darn. I don't think so. It used to be on Netflix. It did, yeah. I don't think it did. Stop anymore. over here and watch. Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah, don't. Do not come don't, here, please. Don't, do not come to our house. It's We're quarantined. Yeah. This well, is. We need social distance. Social from distance from you, so. all people. That's why you can't come over. Otherwise, we would... <laughs> so they fly to Hogwarts in their Fort Anglia uh, that gets smacked to pieces by the Whomping Willow. And then Snape gets really pissed at them. And he's like, you guys are going to get dispelled. And then McGonagall comes in. He's like, nuh-uh, I'm going to save them because I'm actually uh-huh. in charge of them. Yep. Uh, and then a whole bunch of scary stuff happens, like blood on the walls. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I thought this was a kid's movie. Well, they're just making the transition. The, yeah, you got to tra- you got to transition from this one to like, you know, you have to get from kids movie to fascism to full-on war yeah. movie in numbers 7 and 8. Yeah, so What are the what are the first two movies rated? The first one's probably No, they're G. all PG. They're all PG up there. I mean, the first 3 are PG. The fourth one is PG-13. 5 is PG-13. 6 is PG again. Yep. And then 7 and 8 are PG-13. It's funny because the sixth one Sixth one is, is the one the where one. Dumbledore dies. Yeah. Sixth one is underrated. 
we'll get to that eventually, I suppose. Yep. Will we, though? Yeah. Who knows? Corona might get us by then. <laughs> <laughs> no need to joke about Corona. <laughs> um, yeah, so... So they fly into the whopping willow. They, they no, damage, no. do damage to a 500-year-old tree. Yeah. But no, not 500-year-old. That doorknob is older than the country it was made in. That tree was planted for Sirius oh, and from the James. Social Network. Oh. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Maybe I'm not sure how it works in the movies, but it was planted for Sirius and James. It wasn't planted for them. They use it they for Lupin. Yeah, they used it. No, what? They planted it there so that it would guard the entrance to the... Did they really? Shrieking Shack, yes. Look it up right now. <laughs> Nerd! <laughs> Nerd! Uh, well, I read the book, like... Where's the... Where's the... A couple months thing, ago. Right? Anyway. Snape, Snape gets all hot at him over the tree. Yes. Well, we... Okay, and then... Wants to expel them. And then everything starts to go awry at the school and the chamber of secrets you know with blood on the walls and such yeah and they can't figure out what's going on and water in the halls (laughs) oh this podcast has gone out of control (laughs) that's what i was trying to do um yeah so we get to the blood walls have we gotten past the blood walls yet what happens after that Basically, it's just the blood walls for the rest of the movie. They it's find the, stuff written yeah, on the and walls. Then people keep getting petrified. People keep getting killed or petrified. And water on the hallways. It's literally a murder mystery, basically. That's it's what it's it is. It's a petrified mystery. It's a pet. Yeah, it's not a murder mystery. It's a petrified mystery. Um, that takes two hours and forty minutes. So that's a, that's that's might be the problem with this movie is the fact that it's trying to abide by these genre rules uh, of murder mystery. But I feel like when I think of great murder mysteries, they're always very compact and they've got these clues that are set up in a very in a very small amount of time. Whereas these are are strung out to a, almost to a fault. Um, and it's and it's trying to include all these like the it abides so much by its source material that it just comes to a point where it becomes ineffective. Like with the with the spider thing. Like I feel like they should have. Uh, yeah, thanks. He's he's showing us the the fact that he's right about the Whomping Willow nerd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, shoot, now I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> You're talking about clues to the murder mystery. Yeah, so to the petrified right. Mystery. Well, the petrified mystery. Please correct your language. Be we have to be accurate, nerd. Uh, I mean, one person does get murdered. But one person does get... No, no one dies. It was in the past. Oh, in the past, someone dies. Yeah, Morning Myrtle, who's played by like a 40-year-old in this movie, I think. Uh, so, the thing about this, like the spider, the spider scene, they're adhering to the source material there, uh, but that feels like something that they could have figured out in, this, in the medium of film that they probably should have cut out. Um, hmm. Like, they're, all, they, all they really learn from the, from the spiders is that... Hagrid is definitely not the person who who did it. Which, well, and they got clues for the the. Which is the theme of the movie, honestly. Snake. Which is why they hit that so hard at the end. Is is this? I think what this movie is trying to get out at, at the core of it is identifying between uh, who someone truly is. Like Hagrid is accused of being of being the 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 guy who's opening the chamber of secrets, and then Tom Riddle is is kind of 
trying to disguise himself as someone who is truly good, even though he's not. So I feel like it's, it's about discerning who people truly are at their core, and that's why they, that's why they have the thing with the with the polyjuice potion and why they disappear. And that's that's fitting in with that. That's a motif oh, that fits yeah. into that idea. Yeah, Dude. for sure. And Lockhart, right? And and, and Lock exactly. Lock. That's why Lockhart is in it because he is trying to disguise himself as someone who's well, brave, every, and then he really truly isn't. Everybody in this movie appears in some form that turns out to not be who he it really is even voldemort even aragog he turns out to be a total jerk <laughs> well i mean he's a spider what'd you he, expect he talks to him and then he like says okay children you can eat these people now <laughs> yeah, like, what my sons and daughters go eat these children well you said that at uh everyone uh appears differently than what they actually are and i think that that's not true for hagrid because Hagrid... Yeah, that, well, that's the it's, point. It's the, sort of the opposite for Hagrid. Right, they, that's the point. They think that Hagrid is something else than what he actually is. Right, and that and that's the point of the movie, and that's why they spend five minutes on everyone giving him a standing ovation to end the movie. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Because I, I was like, halfway through this movie, three-quarters of this movie, I'm thinking like, what is this movie really about? Like, what's it trying to say? And I couldn't really think about it. And then we get to the end, and Hagrid walks in, and then Harry's like, Hagrid, I knew it. Hogwarts isn't the same without you. And then I'm like... Oh, this is it. And then everyone starts standing up and starts clapping, and it goes on for a really long time, and then the movie just ends. And I was like, well, there it is. That's the movie right there. It's because that, I mean, they wouldn't end it right there if that wasn't what the movie was about. Um, but yeah, you know. That, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And Dobby, too. How does Dobby fit into this? Yep. Well, Dobby, yeah. Dobby is a little bit confusing, I would say. He, he shows up, and he's... And he's like he, he's acting at the same time like he wants to be Harry Potter's friend, yet you kind of you get the understanding right off the bat that he's he's doing things to interfere with Harry's goals, but that he's trying to do it to help him. But he's he himself is confused about how he's going about it. He he's he's very stumbling and bumbling about what he's trying to do. You know who Dolly reminds me of. Is uh, Forky, <laughs> who uh, a character who like constantly harms himself to comedic effect, mm -hmm. and it's like kind of weirdly dark. Yeah, is Dobby hurting himself comedic? I don't know. It's, a little, oh it's yeah, kind for of, sure. It's like it's like darkly funny. It's like I mean, it's, it's like you. Maybe a little it's bit like funny. it's he's I mean, hitting himself with the base of a lamp dude, in the head. That would and hurt. Skelligro. He hits himself with Skelligro. Yeah, right. And it's like you can't. You, it's like this. I was waiting for that bottle to break open and splash all over him. Well, and then no, like, it's kind. And then <laughs> yeah, bones grow out of his knows eyes what would in his ears. Uh, but it's like weird because you're laughing. It's like, wow, this is absolutely terrible. What's <laughs> happening? And it's mostly funny because it's like this is a kid's movie, and this kid is like this house elf is trying to hurt himself. It's like yeah, he 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 walks into Harry in the hospital room. And he's like, Dobby had to iron his hands. And he shows <laughs> it. It's like, what the crap is this? Oh. It's like that's terrible. Yeah, and I will point out something that they did in the uh, in the movie, which was I don't think was ever in the book, and it doesn't re and the and the payoff doesn't show up till a couple stories later. But in the movie here, I noticed for the first time that he walks out of Harry's wardrobe right at the beginning of the movie with a sock on his shoulder. I didn't notice that. I mean, I I noticed that. I 
I didn't think it meant you didn't anything. You put two and two together. Well, so, so the point is that Dobby's story, his whole story, is bookended by a dirty sock. Yeah. I did I did notice Nuh-uh, the sock. He, I mean, does he have the sock in, in Deathly Hallows when he dies? No. Well, oh, I'm just saying his story until he becomes free, I guess. Oh, in this movie, yeah. I noticed. Well, I know. I mean, because he talks about, yeah, I think he talks about being free. I mean that's his whole thing is being free and so then and then at, and Deathly Hallows like Dobby died a free elf. Oh. That's how yeah I know. That movie will get a pretty high score for feels. If if only just for here, that. Here, if only it, just you know, for the that. Tomb, the tombstone that says here here lies Dobby a free elf. If only just for Dobby. Yeah just for Dobby. Seriously though like Harry Potter Deathly Hallows Part One kind of underrated. Uh, I feel like it's gets uh, hated on because it does sort of stretch out the source material into two separate movies and the first one kind of gets the the slower parts of that story uh but there's still a lot of really interesting stuff in there and i think david yates who will helm the the last four of these movies uh does a good job of adapting them like for example the dobby the house elf plot gets entirely ripped out of goblet of fire um which is fine though because he's i mean he's in it in the books but he's not in the movies and that makes sense though because like you don't need him to be there yeah, Dobby is a, is is one of those characters. He's kind of interesting to me, but he's also kind of maddening. Yeah, <laughs> like just stop, yeah. stop hitting yourself, and also stop messing around with everybody. Like you, all you do is mess stuff up. Come on, come on, Dobby. Yeah, come on. Oh. But anyway, we're uh, uh, go ahead, Gideon, take us there. To uh, scores, sure. All right, so we're just gonna do. We're gonna kick Kieran out for this one. For scores. Why would you kick? I watched it too. All right, we'll, we'll include yeah, you. Fine. We can include you. I mean, I pod, mean, you don't have to. Podcast bullying at this point is just a part of the way this is. It's a thing. I mean, you can't bully Max, but that's only because he's a another student. I can bully you because you're not in college yet. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. First impression. What do we got? Am I? Am I in this again? Sure, but I won't count your scores. Just because we have to keep it in even two people. Yeah, it has to be two people. By design. All right. And I got the first one, so it's only fair that Dad gets the second one. All right. I mean, I could just dip out. No, you're the host. Yeah, that's okay. So what do we got? Uh, first impression. Uh, I'll give it a, a eight on this movie. Really? Yep. I I... I just thought it, it kind of brings you in. Even though we watched it in full screen, you're still giving it an eighth. I'm I'm uh, maybe I'm adjusting for that, but um, dude, I can't. Meaning I'm adjusting. I'm so I'm giving upset. We, we don't have a widescreen version of, of this. It's so annoying. Yeah, um, but no, I I just uh, I thought that mostly it accomplished the goal that it was going for. Sure. It brought you in. Yeah. It drew you in. Let you hang around with uh, Harry and friends for a couple of hours, and then you can be done. Maybe a yeah, that's of how hours this goes. Hang long. out, hang out with Harry and friends, and be done. You thought a couple hours were too long. You'd rather have it be like forty minutes long. No, not that short. The thing is, what's, is what's your ideal length for Chamber of Secrets? Well, I don't know. The thing is, is like the movie. I feel I don't like a two and a half hour movie, but yet. I feel like, like I like so much never, stuff from the books. Yeah, it's never really boring. I like so much stuff from the books, and a lot of that stuff is also left out, and maybe that's a good thing. But, like, 
I'm a little disappointed, and maybe I shouldn't be, but two and a half hours is still too long. Okay, so here's an interesting comparison that I think. There, there's nothing in here that's ever really boring, uh, but when you look in retrospect, it's just like, that doesn't need to be in there. And so I think what I'm gonna compare this to is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where people have, people have said, uh, Every single little part of this is interesting, but when you get to the end, it's like, well, why does that have to be in there? And I think these are two completely different cases for, for a very important reason. Here, the movie, uh, I think, should be, a, I think what it's trying to go for is, uh, like again, this murder mystery kids movie kind of thing. And I think there is, is where efficiency is very important, um, and anything that's not building towards this climax of finding out who Tom Riddle is and what the diary's doing and what the basilisk is and what's everything, what everything going in Hogwarts, anything that's not pointing towards that is unnecessary fluff that needs to be cut from the adaptation. But then you look at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and what Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino is doing with that movie is everything, every single little piece of that is, is pointing towards this broader thematic point uh, of what the world uh, should be and what, and what, what uh, life could be like uh, if, if it had, if it was, if it was different from reality. And so every single little thing we get in that movie, what, 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 it might not be necessary towards getting the, to the conclusion of the film, but it's more about living in the moment and seeing how those moments uh, have life in and of themselves. And so they're two things that you could initially see as similar, but actually aren't. Understood. Yeah, I don't know. Um, score for me, I'm giving this a six. This is... An enjoyable movie, but not something super special, which is about what a six is. It's a little bit better than average uh, for me. So, six for me. Hold up. I thought we said that fives weren't average. I thought we said that fives were below average. Yeah, six is about average. I think it's different. Oh, it's just I, different I mean, for different that, people. I thought is that you, not what I, thought, I just said? I thought, you I, said I thought you said it was a, a little bit above average, which would mean that five is average. No, I would say six is probably average. If I said that earlier, I probably misspoke. Okay. I think six is a good average. Maybe even seven. Maybe like six and a half. Nah, seven is a, is a little bit above average. I a think. little bit above average. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. Average. 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 Mm-hmm. Average. And for my, I'm, I'm gonna stick about on my score because um, if my score doesn't count towards give it, the give final, give a letter grade. Give a letter grade. Give a letter grade. Then give a letter grade. Okay. Fine. Give a letter grade. If you say so. Give a letter grade. More radio bullying. Podcast, podcast bullying. bullying sorry guys <laughs> this isn't live um a letter grade that is difficult so is it a b c d f g h i j k l m n o p no a b c i don't know what do you get in school school grades yeah okay um for first impression yeah well I, no i don't care yeah sure the yes. whole thing yeah just as a whole as a grade. whole as a whole letter grade for this movie probably a a B. 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 Why yes. do we keep... Stop repeating yourself. Stop. I'm repeating myself also. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, story. What do we got? Scores. Let's see. I think... Uh, six. Seven. Seven. I'm going to say seven. Eight. I don't have any... I don't have any reason. It's... Just my it's just my first reaction. Um, Seven. Your first reaction was six though. Yeah. And then I thought, oh that wasn't that, <laughs> that wasn't really my first reaction. That was literally audible. And then I revised it. 
Uh, <laughs> I, <clears throat> I guess evaluating a story isn't probably my forte. So I will just leave it at uh, there's some interesting things that happen. There's a decent payoff. And it was enjoyable. Nothing about this movie is enjoyable. It's garbage. I hated every second of its two-hour and 40-minute runtime. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... I mean, again, when you adhere to the source material this faithfully, um, and the source material is, is this high of quality, you're going to end up with something uh, that's quality in terms of story. Uh, so yes, this is this is a a, a good movie, uh, a good story. Well, it's not the brothers Karamazov. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> what is it? It's not the brothers Karamazov. Obviously, it's not trying to be the brothers Karamazov. I know exactly what that is. Um, so like I said, if it fails in terms of in terms of planting uh, these these mystery clues in, a, in a, an efficient way across its runtime, but. If you if you look back as a whole and see those those beats are there and those seeds are in fact planted, it's not like they just forgot to to put in these in these things. Uh, it's just the way in which those things play out that I have an issue with. So I think uh, seven is actually fair for me in this category, as well as Padres over here. Wait, no, it'd be it'd just be. It'd just be padre because there's no apostrophe in uh, Spanish language. No, I was just saying like padres, like I don't know, like multiple. Pa that's parents. Oh, anyway, moving right along. So, Nerd. <laughs> sorry, I'm in Spanish class right now, so podcast bully. Um, acting. What do you got? Uh, I th dude, I Kenneth th Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> yeah. I, does anybody notice how much he looks like Ewan McGregor? I hadn't, but when you he said looks that, like I it could be Ewan McGregor's like, older brother. Yeah, he could. Or maybe his father. His, no, older brother, I think, is yeah. probably better. Yeah, he totally could. You and my brother, Anakin. Are they both I Scottish? I think, I think, Branna, that sounds a lot like a Scottish name. I bet it is. I don't know. Anyway. Um, I, know no, about, he, I know as much about Scottish names as I do about the brothers Karamovskoff. <laughs> Full confession, I haven't actually read that book. Okay. <laughs> but I actually, I thought that you would have had to in school, Gideon. No. No? That's, we read, that's like, actually surprising. Is that the is the Brothers Karamazkov the same people that wrote Dante's Inferno? No. That would be Dante. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Which, which you, of course, I, know. I, I did know that. Um, <clears throat> and I know that you have read that, and I have not. Also, um, thinking I'm Shame. thinking of um, Kenneth Branagh, but then I'm thinking of like uh, Ron Weasley has some fantastic uh, facial expressions yes. that they kind of pause his, on in this his movie. His horror expressions, his expressions of of okay, disgust it's and funny, horror, but it's also kind of cringy at the same time. No, it's, but it's not. a kids movie. Okay, yes, you are correct. Yeah, you are. So, I, right, I, I assume that's just because he's he's probably you know a young actor and that's what he's doing. Um, Dude, but, but he I hits, think he Harry tries. and Hermione—they're they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, and of course, I—I I, I agree with your point about this Dumbledore. I think—I think this Dumbledore is—he's doing something different. He's—it's totally different. And he's I don't know if stiff it's and lifeless. I think. Yeah. I, I stiff's the wrong word, but I feel like he's lifeless. Um, there's not 
not much expression in his eyes or his body. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, he doesn't have the twinkle. That's, yeah. the, that's the thing. I think that's how Rowling actually describes him, is, as having a twinkle in his eye. Yeah. And I think that's, like, the definition of his character, basically. Yeah. Um, and I think this char- this this Dumbledore is, is lacking that. Um, and I think it's not... I don't think that Richard Harris is, is necessarily giving a terrible performance. It, but I think Maybe he, the beard's just too big. Yeah. <laughs> it's covering up his eyes and his mouth and everything. You can't even see anything that he's trying to do. Um, there are points where he has that twinkle, or at least when he's when he's going for it. But he's he, I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why he's doing it in these movie, in these first two mm. movies. Uh, I mean... I mean, it's a shame that he passed away, but... Yeah. Um, well, McGon- but McGonagall, remind me of the actress's name who plays McGonagall? Oh, Dame Maggie Smith. Yeah, Maggie Smith. She's, like, I'll watch her in anything. Oh, yeah. She's she, fantastic. She, yeah, she's great. She's in... She's, um, like, best British actor. Actress? Actress. Nerd. He, well, he would, you would say actor if you meant to include males and females. Yeah, but she, you would say actress there. Um... And, well, I, don't, did you and mean, I don't use, and I say actor because the word actress is nonsensical. Well, did you mean just Once upon a time, I women know. or did you mean both? I just pulled up Michael women. Scott and said, no. the, and said the movie that I was referencing after I said the quote. Yeah, you sure did. I know. I feel terrible about it now. He does that all the time. <laughs> Michael Scott, The Office. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's your score for acting, Dad? Uh, you, acting, Adam? another seven. Another seven. Um, I gave the first one a five, and I think I'm. I can only give this one a six. Uh, I agree. McGonagall does have more moments to shine in this one than she does in the first one. Uh, you have the addition of Kenneth Branagh, who is excellent, and it's just hilarious. Yep. He's stupid and awesome. Yep. Uh, I. And obviously the kids are getting better. I feel like you've, you've got those Ron expressions that are both stupid and hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are added. In, I think he's growing. And Rupert Green is growing as an actor. And you, I would give my, I would give negative points, by the way, for whoever the actor is that's playing. Um, Tom Riddle. Nope. I'm, no, Tom Riddle's fine. He's not great, though. Yeah, he's not doing anything special. Like, I think he doesn't. He doesn't feel like Voldemort. Like, no, he's, I think he's that's almost the point, there. Though. He's almost there, but he's no. He's he is. He's Voldemort. supposed to seem more like an innocent teenager. No, he's not. He's, that's what he's trying to be. To uh, not as soon as he reveals himself. Harry. Okay. Like in uh, like I'm like when sure he's talking anyway. like when he's talking to Dumbledore on the staircase. You know. Yeah. That works. Yeah. That makes sense. But as soon as he reveals to Harry, like, oh, I am Lord Voldemort, and he starts talking after that point, it's like, that's not Voldemort. I, like, You're saying he should have changed at that point. He should have changed and felt like Ray Fiennes does later. And we'll, eventually, when we get to Ray Fiennes, that is Voldemort. Like, that's, he is perfect as Voldemort. And yeah. it's like, he, like he, I just don't feel that. Because, like, Voldemort has this, like, weird sense of humor, I feel like. Like, he, he laughs at really weird things. And, like, he he's like... Ha ha ha, Harry Potter. Like, I don't know. That's yeah. not very, Like, you know what I mean? Like, in Goblet of Fire. Shut up. Podcast boy. Remind me the name of Harry's Slytherin foil. Uh, I can't think Draco? of it for some reason. Thank you. Draco Malfoy. That actor, he's pretty weak in these, these first few movies. Yeah. Did we show you that, that clip from the first one? That was funny. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Oh, we'll have to look at it after, the, after we're done recording here. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think six is isn't up is is enough of an. All right, so we got a upgrade. seven and a six on the acting. Uh, look and feel. What do we got? 
Uh, look and feel on this one. It's it, interesting. Um, Gideon pointed out that there's a lot of Dutch. <laughs> the whole movie angles, Dutch and, angles, and and so I started noticing them. Um, and but but actually, um, it's kind of interesting. It they it use gives, it to this to show the movement of the snake a lot. Yeah, like, but they also use it to give you a sense. The basilisk. There's a sense of confusion that I think they want you to experience that Harry and friends are going through as they as they walk through this mystery. Yeah, it's not as bad as like Thor, the first Thor movie. The first Thor movie is shot at, there's Dutch angles for like absolutely no reason whatsoever. It's just like, oh, we're going to throw a Dutch angle in here because it did. Like, it's like, but why though? And it's like, oh, because I want to. But why because though? Because I can. A movie that actually was directed by Kenneth Branagh, coincidentally, in fact. But this movie, it feels, there's a lot of Dutch angles, but a lot of them actually feel like they have a purpose. Like, you know, when, uh, when. Lucius Malfoy walks into yep. into the bookstore at yep. at uh, Diagon Alley, uh, and that whole scene is shot at Dutch angles, but it makes sense because it was previously shot regular, and then he walks in, and then it turns canted. Yep. So it makes sense. Um, there are a lot of them, but each time they use it, it's like okay, I, I see the reasoning behind that. Like, and again, when they're, they're in the hallways and stuff, and the snake, it's like. It's like you see it actually. It's not like it's a stable. It's like the Dutch actually happens. It's mm -hmm. uh, you watch it turn to a Dutch. Mm -hmm. um, there's one really accentuated one when the when the water's on the floor and the and the and the bathrooms flooded and they come around the corner and it's like a, it's like a straight up forty five degree angle. Uh, but I mean, it it does add to it in certain places and it's it, it does give the film character. It's like it's like well, okay, they're making choice. Uh, Chris Columbus is making choices as a director, and I and I and I'm a, I'm bored for that. Uh, but there are other times where it's like, come on, did you? It's not. I mean, I suppose not though, because it's not like it's again that thing where it's like each individual one makes sense, but when you look back at it as a whole, it's like, dang, that's a lot of Dutch angles. Yeah, sure, they they add up. Well, I. Uh, I will give points for, um, you know, at the beginning, I felt like I was in, uh, you know, suburban England and then flying over the countryside and then here's this castle and the school grounds and then you're in the, in the forest with Aragog. It all felt, it felt good. Yeah, I mean, this movie also, from a visual effects standpoint, it's all, it's still not perfect, um, but the Quidditch scenes look much better. Um, it looks like they actually used proper green screen effects and like because in the first one they're basically using models to do the 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 characters and having them twist in unnatural ways whereas this one it looks like they shot the actors on broomsticks in front of a green screen and then simulated just them the, the background flying behind them and then put them together which looks it does it still doesn't look great because they, it's still in 2002 and they don't really have the technology to 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 meld the best of both worlds but it definitely looks way better than the first movie where it's entirely animated and it just looks awful mm -hmm. uh, although when harry loses the bone in his arm that looks pretty real <laughs> well that's because it's actually a, a real prop i think uh, i think you're right um, That's what it looked and, like. Because because you can tell when he his arm is there, they cut to uh, what's his name, Kenneth Branagh. Um, Lockhart, nerd, nerd. Give me the answer. Lockhart, Lockhart. <laughs> they cut to Lockhart, do the spell, and then they cut back, and his arm is suddenly all 
squishy. Yep. And I think it's I think it's real. And you, I think he kind of looked like his arm is hidden inside his robes <laughs> a little bit, like his, his his left arm or whatever it was. Um, but uh, it's I, it's pretty obvious they switched it out in between that time. Uh, it's not pretty obvious because I didn't notice it. So it's pretty obvious, I think, if you're looking for it, if which I was if not. If you're looking for it, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm probably going to give this the same score as the first one, uh, an 8 out of 10. And which category was that for? Look and feel. And again, the score is on point. So what do you got? Oh, uh, 7. 7. I feel like all my scores are blending together. I mean, you've given it mostly 7s. You've given 8 for a first impression. Well, then I'm good. I can give 7s for the rest because they're not all 7s then. Yes, sir. All right, go ahead. I mean, you're allowed to do whatever you want. You can give tens across the board if you want. Oh. Wait, didn't we have a rule that you had to like give ten bucks or something like that? Yeah, you have to give ten bucks to the Gideon Patrick uh, College Foundation if you if you put tens across the board. Or zeros. Or ones. You can't do zeros. Can ones across the board. The, so there, that's there is a maximum number of tens. So how many tens should I give? How many tens? I mean, you can give as many as you want. Give five across. Give all. Give all tens. Then you just have to give me ten bucks, though, <laughs> to go towards my college fund. All right, I will. I will give as many pieces of flair as you require. Yeah. How? But how? What's the minimum, though? Uh, office space. That was my question. Yeah. Uh, uh, next category, I suppose. Right. Effect. Dobby doesn't die in this one, so. Affects like a two. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, I was moved at the end a little bit when um, you know when Voldemort's going after Ginny and and Harry saves her and then he's stabbing the, the diary and he's like there's like blood coming out but it's ink and Voldemort has light flashing out of him which I thought it should have been darkness but whatever anyway <laughs> no it, it like it opens up into darknesses like it right yeah, i don't right. remember i thought there was light coming out uh maybe no i think it like opens up and it's black and then light comes out of the black although this was one thing i wondered how did all that light get down it get down there into the chamber of secrets yeah. where did that come from but then they when they left they like exited some other way yeah i was so confused by that which i was which, like where they emerged yeah. on the outside of the castle through a crack in the ground. Through a crack in the ground. I was like, so that's where all the light. Came I was from, like, I guess. that's got to be the. I think the only reason they included that is because that's the cover of the book. I was about to say that out loud, but then I didn't. You kept it. Dang, in. riveting story here. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, sorry. I'm sorry. That was not. That was not. <laughs> that's not actually direct. Directly related to effect, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you making me cry? <laughs> Stop recording right now. I was about no no give me you record. I was about to say it out loud and then I didn't. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> uh, what was your? Did you say a score yet, Adam? Uh, I did not. Uh, I would say the score I'll give this for effect is uh, <laughs> six. Yeah, sure. Um, and I only said that because of all the sevens. I feel like I should actually revise it up to a seven. Nah, I already wrote it down. Pen and ink, bro. Um, 
I, I, I don't know. I gave the first one a six for effect, and I feel like I should give this one worse because it's so long and gets boring at points. It, but it, like I said, it's not boring. It's just like, in, in, in retrospect, you get, you, you're in a scene, and the scene is interesting, and then the scene gets done, and then you look back at the scene, and you're like, wait, but why, though? Well, and this is like, um, looking, uh, like, thought provoked thought provocation right just say it all the th- all, all different possibilities <laughs> this is thought provocation this is thought provoking this is thought provocational i said thought, thought profligate this no, is this is wanted. thought brothers max Gavos. thought uh, provocation how do you say that again thought provocation. yeah this is the this is thought as, this is as thought provoking as the okay. brothers karamazimov so so you so you think like how can you uh, look back on a movie and score it differently? But thought provocation that lasts past the movie, so you're thinking back on it. And if you get heated, heed, head, headed. <laughs> so my point is, is that um, it, it's it's a different thing. Like you, what Gideon's saying is valid. That. You can enjoy it while you're in it, but then look back on it and be like, that was really long. Yeah, thanks for the validation, Kieran. I, I really needed that. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel validated now. Um, what's my score, though? That's the question that we're trying to ask right now. Wait, would you Bef- like me to tell you before you what give your score? No, nah, I got to go. Before I, you I give the go score, can I, can, I have, uh, can I ask a question? What's, what's the number on this? Co- Five. There we go. No, Just kidding. can I ask a question? Um, So... Uh, effect is like look and feel and emotion. So how can you have? Because if something is giving off a negative emotion, it's still giving off emotion. So how would you give a negative score for it's effect? It's effect, not emotion. But emotion is part of it. Yeah. So well, negative and emotion is fine. That's, yeah, negative that's an effect. It depends yeah, on if it's so like it depends on if it's an emotion that the movie's intending for you to have or not. So if it's like okay. boredom, that the movie's not intending to 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 induce. Then yes, that counts against it. But if it's boredom that the movie is trying to use creatively to, to communicate an emotion, uh, like the character state of mind, or or for a thematic effect, then that would be a positive. Okay, that 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 clears it up, uh, I think, a little bit because you can't, because like especially for thought provoking, um, if even if there is none, that's not really a negative. I mean, maybe it's a negative, but like you can't give it a negative score in that category. That made a lot of sense. I'm giving this a six. I kind of want to give. I think I'm a, I kind of want to give the first one a seven in retrospect, but it's already done. So I suppose are we allowed to go back in retrospect? I suppose I suppose not, cause like you know what I mean. No. Well, I mean you did it in the first movie. Yeah, but that was while we were scoring it. Now that it was done, I don't think you can go back. That is definitely. Yeah, true. don't do that. It's written in ink. You should always move forward with what with whatever you're doing, including these scores. So. I think what we're gonna do now is is tot up the scores. That's what Harry would say, or Ron. He would say, "Would you tot up those scores for me, Gideon?" Or any British human being. Right, but especially Harry, especially Ron, and Harry, Hermione. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm going to do now, the thing that I'm saying and going to do is the scoring. That was my best let's, bird happily. Let's, let's hear. Let's hear the scores. The scores are 33 for Gideon. Which is the same score which I gave is the first the exact one. Same score. Which doesn't really... That doesn't make sense. Huh. Why does that not make sense? Well, I'm just trying to think where I went up and down. Score, well, okay, so I went, up, I went up one on the acting. Scores. I went down on first impression. I went... Uh, 
This should be... Oh yeah, so I went down on the down one on the acting and up one on the first impression. Wait. Oh, never mind. Yeah. So that does make sense actually, because it's math and math is never wrong. It and looks like I've got a thirty-five scores. for my score. There's some which gives us a grand total guys. of a hundred and three. Wait, no, never mind. Uh, sixty-eight. Eight. <gasps> Wait, our first score is sixty-nine. Yeah. This one's sixty-eight, so one less. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's... It's not apples to apples exactly, probably, but I'd say it's pretty close. Kieran and I are generally similar in our tastes. Are you really? Yeah, I would say so. And the scores that you give, it's like, these scores don't measure how good a movie is, I yeah, think, necessarily. Yeah, that's another thing. The scores don't really matter. No, for because sure. those are judging individual points of a movie, and when you combine yeah. those all together, and when you uh, add in a person's personal feeling, like yeah. the, a human emotion, that can also add to the movie. I just a look at it as... emotion. I just look... I just look at it as it gives us something to talk about. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's really more it's categories to sort of structure our thoughts uh, better. Yep. Agreed. Well, I suppose that'll do it for this bonus episode of Script to Screen. Thanks for listening. If you want to listen to the live show, you can go to 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh from 7 to 8 on... Well, I, I suppose you would go there, but you can't because we're in quarantine, so... We're not doing that anymore for the time being. Uh, but you, what you can do is continue to listen to the podcast. Uh, soon we'll be putting out uh, another podcast episode on episodes three and four of the Harry Potter saga, The Prisoner of Azkaban, and The Goblet of Fire. So tune in and we'll see you then.